Thank you very much. Dear members of the media, let me thank you for the opportunity. I will give you a brief overview of the state of peace, governance, and security on our continent. First is that we continue to grapple with the challenge of unconstitutional changes of government. As you are aware, four countries remain suspended for military takeover of democratic governance. This is a serious challenge, and as this fifth media coordination meeting proceeds, it has also continued to take, take the attention of our members, states, as well as the heads of state and government present here in Nairobi. The second is the scourge, the specter of terrorism and violent extremism. It is spreading. The five regions have now, are now battling with one form of this threat or the other. It is pervasive. It is spreading. But we have the opportunity with collective security. And you may recall that in Malabo, May 2022, our leaders gathered and agreed to robustly respond. At the same time, continue to work to deepen democracy, but all based on collective security. Financing has been a hindrance, but I want to assure you that we are mobilizing all our African resources as well as development partners to continue to work with us. This is a good step that I see in the way forward, the use of the African Union Peace Fund. That, that peace fund has now been operationalized through its crisis reserve facility. $2 million from the African Union for the first time is being disbursed to the East African Community Regional Force, which is based in Eastern DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. So that is a, a very good news for us as it gives us the benefit that while we mobilize partnership resources, we must also put in our own resources to display African ownership. Climate security is becoming a critical factor, and I really want to assure you that we are working on the nexus of peace, security, and climate change impact. We know that climate change affects all, but particularly peace and security is a threat multiplier that we must all address. In terms of conflict status, you know for sure that Sudan continues to be the concern for every peace-loving member state of the African Union. A number of initiatives have been taken on board, and on the 27th of May 2023, under the presidency of President Museveni of the Republic of Uganda, the Peace and Security Council meeting at the heads of state level adopted a specific roadmap to resolving the conflict in Sudan. We have been implementing that roadmap, and the good news is that we are working now closely with IGAD, particularly the quartet that comprises Kenya, Ethiopia, South Sudan, and Djibouti. This is very, very important. I think with us collaborating to ensure that the two generals stop fighting in Sudan, the Horn of Africa will be a better place for it. 
You also know that in 2022, November, now seven months, the African Union was able to spearhead the resolution of the crisis in northern Ethiopia, Tigray region, in collaboration with IGAD, the United States, and other partners. We want to assure you that we'll be working closely with the government of Ethiopia to roll out the implementation of this plan. We have deployed a mission of monitoring and verification called compliance mission that has worked in the last six months. The second phase will begin on the 1st of August, integrate monitoring the ceasefire. The lasting peace agreement through the cessation of hostilities agreement signed in Pretoria remains one of our most effective means of delivering the peace dividends. We really want to commend TPLF and the government of the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia for making this possible. Given this overview, let me now delve into two critical areas where we have supported the regional economic communities and we're supporting political transitions. The first is what we call the African Union Inter-Regional Knowledge Exchange on Early Warning and Conflict Prevention. As you all know, if we prevent conflict from erupting, from spreading, from spilling over to, the, to their neighbors, Africa will be a more peaceful and secure continent in line with aspiration four of the Agenda 2063. We therefore want to assure you that the IREC was launched. It's called IREC, Inter-Regional Knowledge Exchange. This exchange, this platform, was launched in Lusaka on the sidelines of the fourth Media Coordination Summit. And now, this time around, since then, we have held two policy sessions. It brings together, of course, the regional economic communities, eight of them, and the two regional mechanisms in terms of the Northern African regional capability, as well as the East African standby force. So these 10 regional bodies, along with the African Union Commission, engage regularly for impact and for resource-oriented on areas of peace and security as it relates to regional integration. It is important that IREC serves as the knowledge hub and serves as the integrative mechanism when it comes to political governance, peace, and security. And we're very pleased that his session yesterday held here in Nairobi. Now I've just presented to the heads of state the outcome of that important session. Ten lessons have been shared, and these lessons include that the multidimensional nature of terrorism, violent extremism, also necessitates a multidimensional robust response. It also emphasizes that we must all continue to work together at the regional, global level to defeat the scourge of terrorism. Let me now go to the second mechanism that we have just launched, also in Nairobi. Nairobi is a landmark for this particular Department of Political Affairs, Peace and Security in the African Union Commission. We are very proud working with the government of Kenya. So yesterday, we also launched in collaboration and in partnership with the United Nations Development Program, UNDP, a facility that is called Africa Facility to Support Inclusive Transitions, AFSIT. Africa Facility to Support Inclusive Transitions. It is aimed at addressing the first challenge that I, that I reeled out in my 
briefing. That is unconstitutional, undemocratic changes of government. We have seen the recurrence, the recurring decimal, the continuation of the same countries that have had military rule in the past, historically, falling into the trap of these unconstitutional changes of government. So to empower women, the youth, as inclusive aspects of democracy, this facility will be working in countries at the regional level with resources mobilized by UNDP and the African Union. We hope that in the next few months, we will be able to deploy programmatic activities in any of our countries considered necessary to back up democracy and ensure the stability of our countries. Let me again thank you for this opportunity. I want to assure you that the African Union Commission stands ready to continue to work with you in promoting peace, stability, and of course, sustainable development. I thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, that was the Commissioner of Political Affairs, Peace and Security with a brief rundown of everything that is happening on that front of politics and uh, peace and security. We have a very short time for question and uh, answers. So I will take one from the room. I will take one from the floor and see how we're doing. Please be very, very brief. One question per person and very, very brief. I think you were the first to put up your hand. Please go ahead. Thank you. My name is Enoxi Kole from CGT in Africa. Um, you've talked about uh, various roadmaps and various efforts that are being put in place to resolve the issue of Sudan. Um, what can you say that has been the hindrance? Where is the problem? Because we have seen these efforts, one in Egypt, another one by IGAD, but it seems that uh, as efforts go on, the fights still continue and the guns are continuing to um, bless in that country. Please go ahead, Commissioner. Shall we take more? Yes. yes. Okay. There was another hand there. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ambassador Mwangi Maina from uh, KTN News, the Standard Media in Nairobi, Kenya. You've talked about the cessation uh, of uh, fighting agreement that was signed between the Ethiopian government and the Tigray region uh, being a success story of African Union. However, Ambassador, the Amnesty International some time back did document that all parties involved in uh, that fighting have been responsible for serious violations encompassing war crimes and crimes against humanity, extrajudicial executions, and summary killings of thousands of, of thousands of people, and sexual violence against women and girls. Will justice ever be served? And what is the stand of the African Union when it comes to all those atrocities that have been committed against the people of Tigray? All right, please, um, the lady from Egypt. Thank you. Good afternoon. I, I'm so happy that you still uh, remember I'm, I'm, I come from Egypt. Uh, my name is Minna Faru, and I'm a TV presenter in Extra News TV channel from Egypt. And I would like to address my question as being an Egyptian citizen uh, about your perception uh, on the uh, Egyptian role in implementing and assuring uh, the peace and security in the African uh, continent. Thank you. Commissioner, we have three questions. I think let's take this round, then I'll ask uh, colleagues online to put forward theirs. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. The first question 
on the Sudanese uh, peace roadmap and the obstacles. First, the roadmaps of IGAD and the AU are interrelated and being harmonized for concrete response, meaning ceasefire as number one priority that is comprehensive, that is unconditional, and that is permanent. That ceasefire is the only way to pave way for all the other processes, particularly humanitarian relief and ensuring that regional neighbors, the neighbors of Sudan, do not have the effect of spillover. It is critical that I must point out that we are working alongside with the political actors, all of them, social actors, media, women groups, youth groups, to ensure a dialogue that is inclusive and return towards the return of constitutional order. Now to your question of obstacles. In conflicts, you must realize that it takes two to tango, as they say. It means that the two must agree. And you know that in Jeddah, under the auspices of the United States and Saudi Arabia, the two parties sent representatives and eventually agreed on humanitarian principles and a ceasefire. But as we speak, fighting continues, regrettably. What we have to do is to, number one, to overcome that pressure, have a united diplomatic pressure on the parties consistently because what they are doing is not in the fighting, does not reflect the peace-loving people who yearn for democracy in Sudan. So what we are appealing to the Sudanese is to step up the pressure on the two parties to stop the fight so that IGAD, the African Union, the neighbors, the international community can work together, the UN, work together to make sure that there is a ceasefire that holds. And that pressure will be both diplomatic with the regional perspective taken into account and, of course, the interest of the people of Sudan. So I would say consistently we are working, consulting regularly. We have set up in the African Union two mechanisms. One is called an expanded one and a core group where we bring all actors together from the international scene, from the neighbors, from friends of Sudan to ensure that we put that maximal pressure, optimal pressure on the Sudanese. And I can assure you that the more we work closely with IGAD, the quartet of IGAD and the African Union, we'll be able to eventually see the light at the end of the tunnel. Second point about Tigray, transitional justice and accountability are critical factors in peace and reconciliation. The peace that we achieved has been underreported by the media. Not a single shot has been fired from the 2nd of November 2022. But the media is not reporting that. Not a single sh shot. What does that mean? The guns are silent. 
in the Tigray region. After almost two years of bitter conflict with reported deaths of thousands, loss of thousands of lives. Why is the media not reporting that? No gun has been fired in the Tigray region. Therefore, the emphasis is that peace must be consolidated and entrenched. And that is why I reported to you that three member states of the African Union with the two representatives of the two parties have deployed a mission to monitor peace and stability in the region. And we are very proud that so far we are seeing the gains of the Pretoria Peace Agreement. What needs to be done, of course, relates to the DDR process, which is disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration, rehabilitation, and then moving on towards transitional justice. In March of this year, the African Union and the government of Ethiopia worked together to craft a new policy on transitional justice and accountability for the, for the government of Ethiopia. So we are collaborating. We are going to work together, to continue to work together to see the benefit of this peace uh, process. So I want to assure you that it's about the people and no victim should be left without restorative justice, without transitional justice. And the process involves all of us, including the African Union, working with the government of Ethiopia, working with the TPLF, with the United Nations that has already carried out an investigation and a, and a report has been uh, delivered, but we must protect the communities and we must ensure that the guns remain permanently silent. This will be good for us and will be good, of course, for accountability. Yes, Egypt, the role of Egypt in peace and security remains very, very critical. Egypt is a strong member of the Northern Africa regional capability. Uh, Egypt has been a member for the Peace and Security Council many times. Its role in the region, its role as a neighbor of Sudan, its role in protecting the, the sanctity of the African Union, its constitutive act, its APSA, which is the African Peace and Security Architecture. We work closely with the, uh, with the government and the people of Egypt and as champion, which is very, very critical, as champion of post-conflict reconstruction and development on the African Union. Egypt hosts our center, which has just been operationalized, and we are pleased to announce that the Executive Secretary of the Center for PCLD in Cairo will be reporting by the 1st of October. I want to assure you that we remain very committed working with Egypt its role in North Africa, its role in bringing peace and stability to, 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 to Libya, its role in emphasizing that external interference should not be a part of uh, Sudan, its role in emphasizing that state in institutions in the, in the Sudan conflict must be protected, must be heard. These are facts that we cherish, and I really want to assure you that you know, Egypt successfully hosted, as you are aware, COP27, where the African Union participated. And not only that, innovatively, we work with Egypt, we work with the Cairo Center on Conflict Prevention to demonstrate that peace and security and sustainable development, particularly the, the issues of conflict that relate to climate change, must also be adequately addressed.
So I really want to thank you for the role played by your government and under the leadership of President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. I thank you so much, and I think my time is thank up. You.